and you, wherever you are in the world right now, thank you so much for being here with me. We know that we live in some volatile times and we know that the world is changing. So let's create a bridge as we travel through one another's countries, removing all labels, coming together as one people, finding our home in one world. And as we do this, this is why our signature talk today, build your connection is so important. So settle in as we jump right in. And today I am so excited to welcome my friend, Linda Julius. Hi, Linda. Hey, Kathy, how are you? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm so super excited and so um, grateful being here with you. I am super excited to have you with us. And for the audience who doesn't know you, you are in Germany and I am here in the United States. And you have such an incredible story to share with our audience. So I'm gonna let you kick that off and let our audience know a little bit about who you are. Okay, oh well, <laughs> who am I? Where should I start? Um, maybe, Kathy, I start that um, I'm the daughter of an Indian man and a German woman who lived most of their time actually in Great Britain. And um, I was adopted at the age of only four months by German parents who um, weren't able to receive children themselves. And they lived uh, in a very, very small village in Northern Germany, somewhere I would say in the middle of nowhere, to be honest. And um, I somehow believed that based on my partly terrible, terrible experiences I had to make as an innocent child, um, I believed for far too long that I was devoted kind of devoted to my destiny and that, you know, any attempts to get out of a cycle of rejection was kind of unsuccessful. And um, at that time, of course, I did not know that one has not to sleep in the bed which was made, but that it is always, 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 always possible to change your own life for the better. I had to learn it the hard way, unfortunately, but I mean, on the other hand, it also made me the human being I am today. And um, it seems as if the complexity of those experiences just made me learn so much more stuff, which I wouldn't have learned if everything would have just gone smoothly. So I'm gonna ask this question, who made your bed? <laughs> That's a very good question. See, the thing is, there is this quote, you know, uh, which says that we people, we people always make our own bed and we have to sleep in the bed we made. Um, but this kind of made me think that people who believe this quote don't think that they are able to get out of a very challenging situation. And I believe exactly the opposite, because it is possible to get out of really, really, please excuse my French, shitty situations. 
and I'm saying that because, um, and I'm really not exaggerating. Um, I kind of got, I, I, I can't even count how many times I got out of those, but that's what I actually learned in the end that, you know, people should not believe that they're stuck, whatever, whatever shit just happened to them. And I think it's difficult too, because you're not saying this to the audience, but I am definitely picking up on it. When, when you're adopted, you're labeled, right? So that's the bed that you're talking about that was made for you is this, you know, being labeled and being in this environment that you didn't have any control over that was created for you. So how, I mean, how was that for you? How was that as far as growing up? Well, um, on the one hand, as a child, you think that whatever happens is supposed to happen and it's kind of supposed to be normal, right? Because you don't know better, you're a child. Um, on the other hand, I always sensed that I'm a kind of alien. I always was. I'm a kind of alien where I grew up because my skin was darker, my hair was so much darker and so much thicker than of the people living in Northern Germany, mostly being blonde and having blue eyes. I have green brown eyes, by the way. So with that said, um, to me, it sometimes feels as if I've already had like 10 lives behind me because I've, I felt that I've died so often from that kind of emotional pain. Um, on the other hand, all these injuries also make me extremely sensitive in a way that I, that I sometimes get frightened about that myself. You know, I mean, I knew that it was meant to grow up where I grew up because, um, I was meant to learn something and maybe share it with the world later. And here we are. And, um, although I have lived in many cities now, I also do not want to miss knowing how village people, that's how you call them, right? <laughs> how village people live, because I, I really am. I am a cowgirl, you know, and when I say that, um, I actually feel kind of proud because um, I always love being in the nature, being close to the universe and, um, I always loved animals so much and that's something what you can really explore and um, inhale when you go up in such a little village. And when I say, for example, that I wanted a different life for myself than what my adoptive parents had shown me, I say that without any judgment because I forgiven them in the meantime what had to be forgiven because they just, they didn't know better at that time. They thought, from their perspective, that's what they have to do. And for me, being able after so many years um, to forgive them, it kind of made me free. It made me free 
and I was able to continue my life. And this is also something I really like to stress and point out because there are also so many quotes about forgiveness, but I'm not sure if people really understand what it means and how freeing it can be because in the, in the, Beginning, it seems like a big, big wall, which is incredible to jump up, incredible and almost ridiculous wanting to climb up. But when you're able to do it once, it's just such an amazing feeling. You, you, you don't want to miss you know, and I mean, I always had many friends around me and they said often that they always liked the way I stood up for them, which I guess was nothing also like a natural instinct. You know, it was like, I don't know, a matter of my heart and soul um, to make sure that in my tiny little cowgirl microcosmos that no injustice happened there, even if, of course, I couldn't always avoid it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually, to be honest, that's actually how it was. There were good times and there were bad times and there were horrible times. Um, but I always felt kind of like being an alien and it um, also went on wherever, wherever I went. Do you still feel like that? Like, I know as a child you felt different and that's, Part of what caused you to feel like an alien but do you still feel that way <laughs> uh, sometimes you know it's funny it always depends on the people you're talking to there are some people who really like people who are different than them and then there are those who like to put you in a kind of drawer and if you're not doing what they expect you to do they kind of dislike you but the big big difference is that I don't give a shit anymore. And again, excuse my French, I use English as a second language, so I'm unable to say it in a better way. <laughs> but um, yes, yes, I do. But I do it with a lighter heart because nowadays it's my decision if I want to let people enter my world if I would like to connect with them or if I decide not to. And I became very good actually to sort out when I don't feel like I want to do that. And that's the big difference because I was, I was not able to do that as a child. Yeah, and the idea of forgiveness I think is so powerful and just releasing that weight that you may have held, you know, I think for a lot of people, they don't even know how to start that journey of forgiveness. And I didn't know either. It yeah. sucked. Seriously. It so sucked. And I read about it and I thought, Oh my God, this is such a bullshit. How, <laughs> I mean, why, why do people write this seriously? You know what I mean? It's like, did they ever do what they write? <laughs> um, it's, but you, it's hard. It's, it's really hard, but it's like with a child who, um, I don't know how to say this in English, when you pet on a hot stove and you burn your fingers, 
as long as you don't burn your fingers yourself, you have no clue how it feels. And this is actually really like a burning, explosive moment of um, freedom, of pure freedom when, when you're able to, to do that. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. You're, you're speaking around, you know, you're adopted, you're um, practicing this forgiveness work and just releasing yourself of some of those chains that people get bound with, right? And the, you know, for someone who's adopted, I mean, I know a few people who are adopted and for them, it's a, it's almost like they have this identity crisis almost where they're not sure where they belong for some people. And I think it's, really interesting you know to hear your journey because you're you're basically saying well I don't care you know like this is who I am I'm this little cowgirl I'm gonna like you know show up and I'm gonna you know make sure the world knows I'm there when I show up and I commend you for that there's a lot of people that wouldn't have the capacity or ability to do that do you know where that comes from? Is that something you've always had or is that something that you've learned to have? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, if I, if I sometimes tell my friends how um, shy I was as a kid um, and also as a young adult, as a teenager, I didn't even dare to speak up in class I was really peeing my pants literally when I when I um, had to report to the teacher or something, and I I started stuttering. I started stuttering, and that actually made me shut up the entire time. So people thought, oh my god, she must be such an idiot, because she doesn't speak, and I refused to speak. Um, so it's it's kind of for them it's interesting when I tell them. Because it changed because it had to change in order to survive. And um, so <clears throat> when, when maybe, maybe I tell you, when I created actually the possibility to go to college, which was not something my, my parents were keen on, um, which was okay, but, you know, it was just not in their cards. And um, they, they didn't have a education at all, but which was okay for me as well. But um, I was always curious. And so I earned my own money for that. Like for example, in a tree nursery um, and as a waitress in various restaurants. And I actually did so in the hope to learn as much as possible and to travel as much as possible, which, given the COVID situation right now, I'm actually so grateful for, because, you know, when I couldn't travel abroad the past years, I, I, I counted out of boredom, I guess, that I had visited about 40 uh, countries so far. I mean, the little cowgirl in four zero countries, um, I know it's not a lot for, for uh, all of the people listening, probably, but for a little cowgirl like me, it's, it's quite a bit. And so I soaked up all experiences like a sponge. And the more I learned, the more I realized how much there is still to know. 
And I hope, I know it's a long answer, I apologize, but, <laughs> but um, since, since one learned in the village not to be conceited, for example, you know, I was always, and that's what I wanted to tell you, I was always rather the shy little deer and um, I had to change because I wanted to be successful in what I did for myself, not for anybody else, but I, I came up with some little goals. I always dreamt of, you know, going once to the US, working there when I saw a show as a little girl. And well, one day, <laughs> I got offered a job in Seattle, and so I went to Seattle. So with that said, to make a very long answer short, um, I had to learn it. I had to actively really learn it, which is why I believe everybody can, because if somebody like me who didn't know anything, who comes from nothing, where the people thought and told me, I'm such an idiot, if I can do it, Everybody can do it. And the fortitude that you had to teach yourself and just go through that process is remarkable. And I think that's part of the journey of life is just taking those baby steps and put, putting them into practice to be where it is that you want to be. And I, I, I love all of your story around that because I think is something that talks to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It's a practice, right? So putting a goal in place and then putting that momentum forward to make it happen. I want to ask you, I know you talked a little bit about the countries and the travel. I mean, you're well cultured. You've been around the world. You've been to 40 countries, like you said, and no, that may not be a lot for some people, but I would say for most people, that is a lot. <laughs> I know, I know people, yeah, I know people in the United States that haven't even left their state, you know, like they've never even traveled across the country or to a neighboring country. They don't um, have to because you have so many wonderful states. What is it, 51? We, we have, yeah, we have, we have a lot of, my little 40 lot of, yeah, a lot of beautiful countryside from coast to coast. And it's just amazing what we have here. Yes. Um, but when you, when you say 40, I mean, that, that's a remarkable number. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say or downplay that number at all. I think that's amazing. <laughs> but I didn't say, I didn't say that, um, Kathy, because of the number, it was just, you know, the, the, um, big gap and big difference from, from growing up in this 800 inhabitants uh, village and just, you know, wanting to go out yeah, explore the world and not yeah. letting, um, letting stop me um, by anybody kind of being in, in unstoppable, like Tony Robbins would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, it, it just goes to show you how you can stop yourself with your mindset or you can change your mindset and just go after your dreams and 
put them into action and, you know, as you said, take those little baby steps to make it happen. And I know, you know, one of the things the world's experiencing right now with this global pandemic is they've really been put in a place where we've been forced to shut down around the world. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have been forced to um, reevaluate. And it's interesting yep. because pre-COVID, there was so much hustle and bustle around, you know, we have to do this hard grind with jobs and running kids to their events and doing this and doing that. And a lot of it was this like outward kind of expression, right? And I'd love for you to share with our audience. I mean, I know your story, but I would love for you to share with the audience a little bit around your journey and how you were in that grind and what happened to you when you, you know, were going through that. Like, tell us, tell us what happened to you. Um, speaking about people who lost their job, I know well how that is because I kind of have also lost jobs and, um, especially the last one, I guess, because of a depression. The second depression I had to go through, which was combined to a really severe burnout. I know it's a kind of fancy word and everybody has a burnout, but this is a really severe disease. I know that in between. Also the depression, um, I actually, I hope I'm not crying, but um, it's for me, it was always hard to speak about that because I thought it meant being vulnerable. And since I always had to be vulnerable, I didn't want it anymore. And maybe that's also part of the reason why I try to push through with my other goals because I hated being um, what's the world what's the word what's the word I hated being dependent yes I always was looking for independence and so um, if I fast forward a little bit now um, I do understand why I got depressed these two times over both times period of, of many months. I even spent um, a few months in a clinic when that happened the first time. And the second time is not long ago. And on top of all of that, I then found myself in one of my darkest hours with a cancellation notice from my apartment from my landlord. And um, I thought I couldn't breathe anymore. I didn't know what to do and I was unable to do. I mean, if, if you know what a real depression is, you simply don't open your mail. You just don't do anything. And, and you always want to, but you can't. And um, so I think that those strange experiences I had to make, um, and also 
bullying in the companies I work for was part of it. They threw me somehow back to the basics, to my shyness and resistance of wanting to connect with others. So on the one hand, here's the person who visits 40 countries, who connects with so many different cultures, who loves people all over the world, who looks right into their hearts. That's what they said, like the little prince of Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. And on the other hand, she doesn't want to connect with others anymore all of a sudden. And um, so the, the only one at that time who was always with me um, and who therefore became something like the love of my life is actually my dog Blissy. As weird as it might probably sound. So, um, yeah. I think I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll jump in. So I appreciate how transparent you're being with the audience. I'm sure there's many people that relate to exactly what you're saying. Um, I know, you know, just from my own walk in life that a lot of times, and I've seen this in the corporate arena, I've seen it in other arenas as well that's not corporate, um, you, you do see this kind of effect where your career has, you know, taken a turn and it does change that person as far as their job responsibilities and what it is that they're doing. And part, in part, you know, the job responsibilities are what define people and it defines their lifestyle and how they're living and a lot of these different things. And it's interesting because in the world we live in, it's like, instead of money being looked at as a tool, it's, you know, something that is used to provide your lifestyle, whatever that looks like. Um, so it, it's a very interesting way of looking at things, but also for people to define themselves with that. But I, I didn't want to talk so much around that, but just, you know, really acknowledge how raw and how real depression is for people and not being able to even open your mail or just do the basic things of life. I think that is a very difficult space to be in. And a lot of times, I mean, there's somebody listening right now that may be in that space today but a lot of times um, when we're in that place, it is so vitally, vitally important to have a connectedness with other people. And your connectedness, you said, was with your dog because that was, you know, some, that was what was closest to you and just had you uh, feel a lot of love and compassion and and a lot of things, and it just really filled you. So, you know, I think that's um, a really nice, a nice way to look at how your dog had helped you. Um, I, would, I would love for you to just share with the audience though, I mean, you said that your bout of depression, it happened twice to you, and you're on the other side of that. So somebody who is listening right now may not be on the other side and they, need, they may need some help in understanding 
some resources or some tools that can help them. And of course, if anybody is listening and they're feeling suicidal in any way, I encourage you to seek out your closest professionals that are in your communities and you know, get that support around you. Um, but if you're not in that space, I would love for you, Linda, just to share some ideas that were helpful for you to help you. Um, first of all, I truly believe that healing is possible for any human being and any animal, no matter what horrible things they had to go through. And they, they just need to know it's not their fault at all where they are now. It's okay. It's okay to be down. And it's also so worth it taking every step in their own um, tempo, step by step, day by day. There is, there is no need to put pressure on them because it's, it's hard to say. Um, there is so much pressure already on all of us in this world, you know, especially in the jobs with family, you need to, to make money to survive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but on the other life, uh, on the other hand, life is also meant to be beautiful. Life is beautiful and making this step out of the darkness into the light is something they can do when they, when they are willing to um, go into a deeper connection, first of all, with themselves. Second of all, if it's either a pet or a neighbor or someone far away in a letter, if people like to write, I, for example, I love writing. You know, I know it's very old fashioned, um, but the, the tiny little things which don't have to cost much. They are so precious and they can help us to get out of the darkest moments. If you, if you go outside into the woods and just look at the leaves, how amazing they are, how beautiful they are, or, or at the water, I know it sounds a little bit weird when I'm saying this, but for me, it's all back to the basics and back to the roots. And um, since for me, I think that, that my dog, actually, Blissy, she saved my life. <laughs> really. I mean, she saved my life by becoming sick herself. I know, I know this sounds weird again, but it's, it's just what I, what I currently feel. So maybe, maybe I should, I should tell you what I, what I mean by that. Um, in one of the darkest hours, I kind of stumbled 
over um, that Tony Robbins guy. I didn't know who that dude is. I just saw this Netflix documentation and I'm here in Germany, you know, so people do not really know him. And I'm like, what? What is he doing? This is amazing. And I signed up. No, no, that's, that's, that's untrue. I first um, researched him and I thought, oh my gosh, this is way too expensive. I cannot attend any of his events. And so I followed him for many months. And then all of a sudden he had this one um, certification course, which was affordable for me. And so I made a certification as a knowledge broker. And ever since I thought, okay, now you will get out of the dark step-by-step step. you will build your own company because you don't want to be bullied anymore in in um, other people's companies and you just teach what you taught as an international trainer as a project manager and key account manager um, to other people because the past years i worked as an international coach for kitchenware and i explained for example how conventional pressure cookers work. And so um, with that said, I thought, okay, I can build up my own company. And um, funny enough, the company I worked for, <laughs> I lost the job and I had to. So I started preparing everything for um, human beings. I even made a better test uh, online training for people who wanted to learn with a conventional uh, to to cook with a conventional pressure cooker because that's currently the world's healthiest cooking method as it eliminates the oxygen during the cooking process and with that said um, I had almost built up everything when I got the diagnosis from Blissy's vet saying that she has an inoperable liver tumor and she has hours maximum days to live so i don't know if anyone can imagine how my world really seemed to completely collapse again because you know after receiving a tumor sample from the lab they had sent it to in Berlin. Um, they said to me that I need to consider putting her down. And I left the clinic with her as I was unable to think, to breathe or to do anything. And I just remember how Blissy looked at me then as if she was saying, please do not give up on me yet. And actually I didn't. And guess what? This is nine freaking months ago. This is nine freaking months ago. I get goosebumps when I say this. Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, and what I then did, if I may say that, is that okay? Yeah. So what I did was that, you know, what I otherwise taught the people who wanted, who wanted to, to cook themselves in conventional pressure cookers, I suddenly cooked for Blissy. And... Um, a lot of people have simply forgotten um, how healthy this is because these things used to be so 
cumbersome and, and not safe and, and everything, but because evolution has also come there, it is nowadays very easy to use them. So I actually created a way to connect even more with Blissy by making her food, you know, with real ingredients and with tons of love. And I, 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 I noticed that my connection to helping one another changed how I looked at living. It completely, completely changed because she was there. I will never forget how she looked at me. I will never ever forget that. And it was like, please do not give up on me yet. And um, I mean, I moved another time with Blissy because I got this cancellation from my landlord. He needed my, my apartment and also created a community by going to, you know, <clears throat> the neighbors saying hello. And if they need anything, my door is always open. So um, speaking of that during lockdown, um, I looked for ways to connect with others by helping also the seniors and I'm still helping them via our community to do their grocery um, shopping. And the funny thing is that one day, oh yeah, I need to tell this, one day a friend of mine who had just lost her dog, unfortunately, and who knew what I was doing for Blissy, she said, Linda, you really, really need to share, you really need to share with the world what you're doing for her. I mean, this is, this is kind of like a miracle. So, to, again, to make a long story short, I'm just writing this down, um, how I extended my dog's life. That's amazing that you're doing that. And I, <laughs> I, I can't express enough how, when you talked about, you know, being in depression and just going outside to nature and looking at the leaves and the trees and, you know, experiencing the world in that moment how powerful that is, is just being present in today, just being in full acknowledgement of today and where you are, feeling the chair beneath your butt or feeling the air in your lungs when you take a deep breath in and deep breath out. Um, there's just so much around that. And it's a very powerful healing tool as well. But Blissy is, incredible because she allowed you to be in that present state where she was engaging you as much as you were engaging her yeah. in her life. The fact that you had this keen insight to find a way to keep her nine more months than what the veterinarian had expressed as far as, you know, having to put her down. It's just a testament to this incredible woman that you are and oh. <laughs> um, no. how much, how much, you know, your connections mean to you. And it's just beautiful. It's all beautiful. And I, and I know you haven't said this, but I'm going to say it for you. So you, you moved, but when you moved, you actually redesigned your quote unquote dream house. Like you're, you're in that place that you've always wanted to be, that you've always talked about. So I just think that your journey was so beautifully choreographed 
to give you this appreciation that you have and all of these connections that you built. I mean, you moved to this new neighborhood and tell, tell the audience what you did to build more connections. Oh, yeah. you know, I mean, it seems as if moving had become one of my hobbies because this was my 11th move or something. So <laughs> since I grew up in my little village, um, neighbors were always close. And for me, it was just normal to help each other out when, you know, you were missing eggs over the weekend or milk or something, you just went over to the neighbor. And so I thought, um, I actually inventing doing that every time I moved. And so here also, I went to the neighbor's house and I said, you know, here, it's me and my dog. And if you need anything, my door is open. I don't, you know, don't be afraid. I don't want anything from you. But if you want to have a cup of coffee, you can always come. And um, I then put down a note during the, the lockdown here at the supermarket um, that if there are seniors who are unable to do grocery shopping or go to the uh, pharmacy that I'd be happy to do that. And then the mayor called me and said, you know, we are doing this as a concerted action here with our community center. Would you like to uh, participate? And I said, sure. So um, they took my information and um, this is a village here where I live now with 1800 people. And um, they email us the lists of the seniors who cannot do the grocery shopping. And we have a little cart and we go to certain supermarkets and that's the way, you know, we help them. <laughs> it's a wonderful way of branching out to your community too. And just, you know, as you said, getting these connections built. And I know for a lot of people listening with depression, one of the things that's really important is having those connections and just yeah. You know, getting out into your community and with your family and your friends and all of that. And with lockdown, it's been really hard, you know, with this global pandemic, it's been really hard to do that and connect with people like that. So I do applaud you for redesigning <laughs> life. Yeah, redesigning life. I mean, it's, you, you literally were in one place a year ago and today you're in a completely different place and it's just beautiful. I mean, today you're, you're exactly where you wanna be. You have this wonderful opportunity to heal your dog and share that with the world and be part of a beautiful community. So it's amazing. You know, the, the thing is, um, Kathy, that I kind of feel that I'm on a mission and um, I'm kind of on a mission for dog lovers now in order to cultivate global change through um, nutrition, through self-awareness, creativity, and also placing that overboarding and endless love and compassion into action. And this is, this is only because of my dog. I mean, if I see how my relationship with my blissy, that this can be the case for so many hurt souls out there as well, as they will really get true and authentic love in return 
a million gazillion times more than they are spreading it. Those animals as a connection between people and nature are just a miracle, each of them. And in between, it even seems as if I know Blissy's thoughts. I know it sounds weird, but that's how I feel. Her feelings, her perceptions, her likes and, and, and her dislikes. And I really, I, I truly embrace the reality that this is entirely possible through the art of how I communicate with Blissy and how she communicates with me. You know, the, the way she looked at me, I will never ever forget that. And it, it even works so much that, that I ignored what this vet said in that clinic nine months ago. And instead, I communicated solely with her eyes, you know, and, and I believe that other people can have that too. If I can have it, they can have it as well. And there are so many shelters out there where those little souls are just waiting to be loved and yeah. to be able to spread their love a gazillion times more in return. Yeah. I love your passion around all of it. And it, I mean, your podcast is so beautiful because it's so, it's so many layers. Like we started talking about how people rescued you, right? You were adopted. And then we end with you rescuing Blissey. And it's just so beautiful and your heart is so, you know, filled with love and it's so pure. So I'm just really filled with gratitude that you're with us today. But I do have one more question for you, Linda. If I were to find your earth angel feather on the ground and I picked it up, what would your message to the world be? What would the message to the world be? I mean, how long did we speak? Over an hour so far. And I think that the people listening, they understand through how much shit I had to walk through so far. And I felt, and I was hurt a gazillion times, but what all of that taught me is, and I think I said it before, that healing is possible for any human being and any animal, no matter, no matter at all what horrible things they had to go through. They just need to know they are absolutely okay the way they are now. They are loved. They are truly loved by us. It's not their fault. And it's worth taking every single step, no matter how long it takes, day by day, to get them wherever they want to be. And they have everything. They have all the power in their hands. They are the director of their own life. It's like being in a stage play and they're sitting there as the director and they can decide. They can make the decision right now while listening, that they're going to improve their lives because that's their decision and they want to do it. Thank you so much for that. And I thank you again for being with me today and sharing all of these beautiful messages with the audience. And um, 
just filled with gratitude, like I said, for having you here with me today. And you know what's what's interesting? That your doggy is <laughs> is speaking to Blizzy because I think she she listens. She she can hear that we're speaking about Blizzy. So <laughs> thanks thank you so much for having me, Kathy. It's such an honor. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And I feel, I feel humbled for, for all your compliments. Aww. I'm not sure if I can take all of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can take them when you're ready. And yes, my, my little one is, uh, I guess he has to be heard in this moment. <laughs> so... Anyway, that's all we have time for today. This is Catherine Daniels reminding you to live your authentic life with peace and retreat to peace. We will see you next time. Before we go, I just want to jump in and ask you, how much time are you listening to the news these days? You know, right now with the world, just seemingly just kind of feeling like things are all over the place and out of control. I think it's really important that we take an opportunity to look at how much time we are spending on the news. So if you know anyone who's really struggling lately with the news, I mean, it makes perfect sense because there's so much that's outside of everyone's control. So you really want to take account for what is happening within yourself. I mean, the news is a, a constant amount of bombardment of negativity that we're exposed to. Every once in a while, a news anchor will end on a lighthearted note with a warm, heartwarming story, but generally we're surrounded with the realization that this big world we're living in has a lot of things happening that are just making us cringe. I think about the shutdowns that are happening around the globe as we speak, um, all the parents out there that are trying to figure out what are they going to do with their kids again if they're homeschooling and how that's all going to work. And then also the people that are really questioning how can they, you know, keep trudging along like this when things have just been turned upside down. So let's think about how we go about our day, our day-to-day -day interactions. Are you someone who's focused on negativity or someone who's focused on more of the optimism? In this question, it does lie the answer to how your attitude towards the world actually is. So trust me, we have a lot of reasons to be upset, to feel angry, to feel tired. The list goes on. We have a laundry list of things that we wish we could just put down and leave for a while and not address. But the truth is, some of these things we really need to reevaluate and decide how much energy should we really give it. Recently, I read a book that talked about how we see the world and living with post-traumatic stress. Did you know that people who suffer from post-traumatic stress have a lens on the world that is continually looking out for their own safety? This lens is why it may be hard for some to watch horror films or see uncomfortable events unfold because it does bring up a space in them that 
heightens some of those feelings of what they've already been through, more intensely that is. Empaths may feel more deeply than others that don't relate to the world with their whole heart. And for those people, it just makes it easier for them to feel more hurt and pain. But what if that person is being judged by other people that they're just taking this information too intensely? It can make the person with post-traumatic stress feel misunderstood, maybe even isolated by their feelings. So to all of you who are struggling in this moment, it's okay. You are who you are. And when we look at the world, we do have the ability to look at it in such a way that we can decide what we're going to give our energy to and what we're going to focus on. So ask yourself if you really want to be spending as much time as you are watching the news. If it's not serving you, maybe take a news sabbatical so that you're not spending as much time on that. Do you know anyone who's got a lot going on right now? It seems that a lot of people have been going through a lot of major, major life things. Think about where you are and just be present in this moment. Surrender to gratitude. Be cheerful of the possibilities that you have for your life. This grace that you provide yourself will give you inner peace and healing, and it will also provide the unconditional love and support that you need to be your own best friend. If nothing more, be only in this moment and choose to be grateful for this moment. Feel the breath that comes into your body when you fill your lungs with air. It is especially important to take time to rest. You can do this merely by changing your perspective. Change your view on time and consciously take the time to slow down and not be in such a hurry. Make sure you're getting a restful sleep. You'll be able to also sleep easier if you're eating food that is healthy and nutritious. If you're lacking in your daily multivitamins, you may want to take a supplement. Make a conscious decision with every bite of food that it will be healthy and not poison to your being. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water to detox the body, flush out anything that will harm you. And as much as resting is important, it's also important for your mind to be clear in level thinking. You can practice yoga, meditation, that will help to train the body and the mind connection and also to practice resting. The gentle exercise of yoga has shown benefits such as lower blood pressure, mental clarity, also improved posture. Meditation also provides these benefits, but it also can help to enhance your self-confidence. Go at your own pace and listen to your body. Ideally, the body does need physical exercise as much as it does rest. If you're not already doing an exercise routine, consider incorporating it into your lifestyle to make sure that your body is performing at its peak. Toxins are something that we want to eliminate out of our lives. 
If you're introducing your body to toxins on a daily basis, you'll be poisoned and get sick from them at some point. So please value your self-worth and treat your body like the temple that it is. If you're in a toxic relationship, environment, or suffering from toxic emotions, again, remove yourself. Studies have consistently shown over and over that stress is a toxin that will elevate your natural cortisone level and can lead to heart disease among other lasting ailments. Part of being a restful state of mind is just living life thinking that everything is going to be a major problem. You've already made the decision that it will be by affirming that thought process. But if you have a flexible attitude towards life, you'll seek understanding and take a different approach. And when you look at the problems as opportunities, you'll see growth opportunity ahead with encouragement that you are learning and growing. Think about the state of the environment that we live in the world today and look for the opportunities to learn and to grow. Seek opportunities that if you are in a dilemma, ask yourself, how much are you in control of this dilemma? What can you do? As we rest and we recover, and seek new opportunities to create an attitude of learning. It really does bring us back into a state of curiosity, which is one that children live in. It allows us to go into places that we didn't know that we would go into. And as we seek, we learn and we discover new experiences. Sometimes they're unpleasant, but that is also part of growing. As you begin this journey, just seek in wonder and curiosity and limit the amount of exposure of toxins and things that are going to bring you down. Do the inner work that it's going to take to help you feel good. And don't forget to join us next week as we welcome Brooke Collins to our show with her signature be brave to live a life created by you. We'll see you next time. This is Catherine Daniels, Retreat to Peace. Have a wonderful day.